Welcome to the Overcomers Podcast. Today you will hear a message from our very own Pastor Richard D. Dobbs, entitled, I Belong to God, Not the Devil. If we want to maintain our heavenly status of belonging to God and remaining a child of God, we must continue to abide in the truth of the Word of God. And if we slip, we must repent and ask the Holy Spirit to restore that desire and understanding of the written and revealed Word in us. From wherever you're listening, we hope that you are empowered and equipped by today's message. John chapter 8, follow me. I'm going to read to you out of the New King James Version Bible. We read verses 42 through 47 for our foundation for this morning. Jesus said to them, if God were your father, you would love me. For I proceeded forth and came from God, from God, nor have I come of my, myself, but he sent me. Why do you not understand my speech? Because you're not able to listen to my word. You are of your father, the devil. Man, what a statement, ain't it? Somebody going to call you the devil, right? Not just anybody call you, but Jesus called you the devil. You of your father, the devil, and the desires of your father, you want to do. Not that you are forced to do it, but you want to do it. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources, for he is a liar and the father of it. But because I tell the truth, you do not believe me. Which of you convicts me of sin? And if I tell the truth, why do you not believe me? He who is of God hears God's words. Therefore, you do not hear because you are not of God. Look at verse 47. He who is of God hears God's word. They got a desire to hear God's word. They have an unction to hear God's word. They believe, like Jesus said in an earlier passage of Scripture, man should not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of the living God. They believe in his word. They believe that when God says something, his word should not return back to him void, but it shall accomplish that, what he called to do. Why, does it, why do they want the word? Because they belong to God. Now, if you don't want the word, you might not want what God has. But when you want the word, when you believe in the word, when you uh, understand the importance of the word, you belong to God. And based on what I've just said to you, I want to talk to you on this subject. I belong to God, not the devil. In fact, if that's true, tell two people, I belong to God, not the devil. You tell the second person, I don't think they heard you now. That back row didn't hear you. Tell them, I belong to God and not the devil. Mm -hmm. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for your word this morning. And we pray that the word of God will have free course and that lives are going to be changed, healed, and delivered. Father, we bind the enemy right now that will try to hinder or stop what Jesus is doing in the midst of his people. We bind and we cast them out in Jesus' mighty name. Father, continue to have your way this evening, Father, this morning. Minister like only you can minister. Don't let nobody leave the same way they came in. 
But Father, let every man, woman, boy, and girl have an encounter with Jesus. So it changes the way we think, the way we talk, and the way we act. In Jesus' name we pray. Let those that agree say amen. To give you a backdrop of where what's happening in this particular time, I want you to look at the, excuse me, the environment where Jesus was ministering in at this time. I want you to go back to John chapter 8. I'm going to reference this, but it's verses 1 through 11. Many of you are familiar with the story of the woman that was caught in adultery. And when she was caught, her accusers brought her before Jesus. And when Jesus saw her, uh, you know, the Bible basically said he, he forgave her. And even in verse 11, he says, and he asked the question, where are your accusers? The ones who brought you before me. Uh, it's amazing how people can bring you before you forget about all the sins they've done. But that's a different story. I'll say that for another sermon, all right? And he said, where are your accusers? And he said, uh, basically what they said, well, I don't see any. And so he says, I don't condemn you either, my daughter. Go and sin no more. And after Jesus did that, boy, he must have stirred something up right there. Because only in verse 12, he said this, then Jesus spoke to them again, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. Now, verse 13, the Pharisees unpicked it up, and it says, the Pharisees therefore said, you bear witness of yourself. Your witness is not true. Uh-oh. You bear witness of yourself, but your witness is not true. They accuse him of something, they and, uh, and But Jesus going um, and talked back to him in verse 14. He talks about his witness is true and so forth, but if, and, and down to verse 18. And then he, he made, he said something. He knew he was going to, this is one thing about Jesus. When Jesus says something, he knows he's going to stir some stuff up. Jesus is not going to, listen, when he said some things here, he knew he was stirring up them Pharisees. I want you to look at verse 19 to ask him a question. What verse 18 says, I am one who bears witness of myself and the father who sent me bears witness of me. Verse 19, they said to him, where is your father? Well, that started a conversation right there. That, that started something right there. They got, well, I'm telling you, they got, uh, they were fired up. I don't say they were fired. I think they were hot. And I think Jesus was just poking them a little bit because, you know, Jesus is a master at what words. He, he knows exactly what he said when he said it. In fact, it got, now, from here, from when he said that, all the way over, go to verse 57. That whole conversation from there over to 57, probably beyond, they're talking about the Father. Who is the Father? In fact, it got so heated in verse 57, then the Jews said to him, you are not yet 50 years old. And have you seen Abraham? Jesus said to him, most assuredly I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. Now notice what happened after that, after he said that. Then they took up stones to throw at him. They were ready to throw some rocks at him. They were mad. Anytime you get ready to throw stones at somebody to cause havoc or cause harm in their life, oh, you don't touch them. You don't touch the soft spot right there. You don't touch the soft spot. Now, this whole conversation going, cause you know, when, when Jesus talking to them, he just really giving them truth, but they can't hold it him. They can't hold it him. And so when he gets down to verse 57, 58, and 59, they took up stones to kill him. But Jesus hid himself and went out of the temple. And notice he was at church too. Y'all, y'all, y'all had to get that. 
He wasn't sitting up there at uh, the restaurant or anywhere else. He was at church, and then they would get, take up stones to kill him, but he, he left and he passed on by. Now, think about all this, and then think about the atmosphere that he was in. This was, to me, almost like a combative atmosphere, an atmosphere where it was a little bit, I use the word here, debated. It could have been almost argumentative. It could have been to the point where it was, at the end, it was almost hostile because they wanted to kill our Savior. All because he asked, you know, he started talking about the Father. And, and of course, he makes a statement in here, what we're going to look at today, that really got their attention, that really stirred them up in a direction. So, when we look at this, he's having a rather, rather debated conversation with some Jews about their real Father. Now, there's a certain point in here in 31 and 32, Romans 8, 31 and 32, not Romans, excuse me, John chapter 8, verse 31 and 32. Then Jesus said to those Jews who believe him, if you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. In the midst of his conversation, there were people in that, uh, in his company that believed him. There were some people in his company that believed his word. And he said, if you abide in my word, you are my disciples or followers indeed. And you should know the truth and the truth shall make you free. And thank God for truth that has made us free over the years. Free from lying, free from unforgiveness. And you ever notice that the more you stay with Jesus, the freer you become from some things? You ever notice that God will expose you to something and you didn't realize you were dealing with it and God will cause you to be free and you're free from old past relationships, free from financial issues, free from sickness in the body, free from lying, free from unforgiveness, free from jealousy. Jesus knows how to make us free. Thank God he knows how to make us free today. And see, Jesus was expressing in the importance of abiding in God's word and how the truth in God's world word will make you free. And a lot of times, this is what happens. God continues, as he gives you the word, as you abide in his word, as you learn his word, as you take heed to his word, as you apply his word, you, you find yourself getting free from many different things. Some things you don't even realize you were in bondage to. Because the devil is a slick one. He can have you in bondage for years or something. And you even realize you went bondage to the, to the Spirit of God comes and reveals it to you. And some of us have been in that situation because we've been saved for a number of years. But even in 2018, we found ourselves being delivered in some certain areas of our life. Even we've been saved, we've been going to church for a number of years. God has been revealing some attitudes in our life that we need to be free from. I think I think I got two and a half amens there, but the rest of y'all did pray for the rest of us, okay? Because some of us are learning how to be free. We got around our, our co-workers, and we realized we need to be free. We we got in our, with our situation, and we realized we need to be free. God is constantly causing us to be free. Now, in John 8 and 42, he says that Jesus said to them, If God were your father, you would love me. For I proceeded forth and came from God. Nor have I come out of myself, but he sent me. If God were your father, you would love me. Now, he could have said that for a number of reasons. Because God understood, first of all, he is love. 
And God loves, let me tell you something. No matter how much they taught him the Pharisees, Jesus still planned to die for all mankind. Isn't that something? He, he may have talked to them in a certain kind of way and called them certain things, but you know what? Jesus still it did not stop his plan from going to Calvary. He had planned to go to Calvary to die for all mankind. And thank God he did because even some of the ones who may did not believe him then, I'm sure when he got up from that grave, they believed him then. I'm telling you, you can't let somebody die and rise up three days later with all power in their hand. Oh, you don't believe in them. Let's like we believe in him today. Glory be to God. So he makes Jesus made the statement to them. If if God were your father, if he was your creator, if he was your author, if he was your originator, you would love me. That is Jesus based on the text. You would love me. If God was your father, you would love me. Now. God is love. God is love. Without a question, without a shadow of a doubt, God is love. And one thing about God, if you come from God, you have some love tendencies going on in your life. Or you should have some love tendencies. One thing about walking with Jesus, the more you walk with him, the more you should love one another. God teaches us how to love. One thing you will always find about God, God does things based on love. There's not a place, not a thing you can't do that Jesus does not do that's not based on love. Go with me over to the book of 1 John, chapter 4, verse 7. The book of 1 John, chapter 4, verse 7. Notice what John, the writer of this particular book, says. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. See, when you Love God, you're going to learn how to love your brothers and your sisters. Well, Pastor, I don't like them. That ain't what God said. God says, I'm going to love regardless. Because why? Love comes from God. Love doesn't come from what you feel. doesn't come from you. Love doesn't come because you raised up the right way. Love comes from God. God teaches us how to love. And the more you love God, the easier it is to love other people. If you want to find out somebody, find a person you don't like, you like the less, and then you need to develop your love walk right there. You need to develop your love walk because you should find nobody in this earth that will cause you to go to hell because you hate them. Who got that kind of power in your life because you hate them, you can't go to hell for them. Oh, no, ain't nobody. Nobody should have that kind of power over your life. Nobody should have that kind of influence over your life. And so John bears witness in the, in the statement in 1 John 4 and 7, reminds us to love one another for love is of God. He also says that everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. When we consistently love and support, love, can be love, support, and act kindly to each other, Jesus is our Father. If G, when Jesus is your father, you love regardless. I'm talking about folks that are easy to love. There's some people in this sanctuary that are easy to love. And then there are the rest of us. And you know who you are. Some people, we got to learn how to love. We have to learn how to love and then we have to make a, a, a godly effort in order to love one another. Because some people have attitudes and so forth, but we need to show love regardless if the object we, we show in love to loves us back. 
Now, I know it's hard because we get caught up in our emotions and our feelings, and we want them to love us or treat us the way that we treat them. But thank God that, you know what, Jesus did not do that very thing. I'm glad that when Jesus loved us, we were still sinners. And he cried, He died for us while we were committing sin. Thank God he did it because we wouldn't have made it here today. But he loved us enough, God commended his love, and while the, we were yet sinners, Christ died for the ungodly. I appreciate the fact he died for the ungodly, because that gave us all the chance to make it into the kingdom of God. Now, when we look at this, when we choose to be hateful, mean-spirited, and unpleasant, the devil might be our father. When you're mean, unpleasant, mean-spirited, and so forth, the devil might be your father. You got to make sure that God is your father. Now, let's go back over to 1 John chapter 4. Excuse me, 1 John. John chapter 8, and we'll look at verse 43. He says this, why do you not understand my speech? Why do you not understand my speech? Now, he's been talking to them for a minute now. And he realized, he discerned in himself that they did not understand his speech. But instead of him looking for an answer, he gave them the answer. He says, because you are not able to listen to my word, which is interesting because they heard what he said. You know, they heard him. He's sitting there talking to them. He's talking to them like I'm talking. Well, not well, not directly I'm talking to you, but he's talking to them and having a conversation with them. And he knew that they under, he they heard him, but they really didn't hear him. They didn't comprehend what he said. They didn't understand what he said. They had a. In my mind, this is my opinion, they had a preconceived idea of what he should have said. And since he didn't say it, they say he's wrong. They had a preconceived idea of how he should have acted. And when he didn't, he was wrong. I see this because I know they heard what he said. But notice what Jesus said. Why do you not understand my speech? And he does not. Listen, he's asking almost rhetorically. I'm not looking for you to respond. I'm going to tell you why you don't understand my speech. Because you are not able to listen to my word. You're not able to listen to my word. And let me say this to you. I do not want to be in a situation where I don't hear the word of God. How do you make decisions without the word of God? How do you live without the word of God? How do you love without the word of God? How do you make it on your job without the word of God? How do you love your family without the word of God? How can you make it without God teaching you, giving you directions, giving you insights, ideas, and plans according to scripture? God has to teach us. Sometimes he has to bring, in fact, all the time he has to bring things back to our remembrance when we get on a job on a Tuesday afternoon. We're dealing with this, that, and the other. Sometimes he'll bring it to you in your home on a Friday evening when you're dealing with your family. He knows how to bring the word back to our remembrance. And I appreciate the fact that Jesus loves us enough to help us to understand that I know that you're hearing my word. How do you know? Because you're taking heed to it. I know there's people in this sanctuary right now that are taking heed to the word of God. Their, their life is changing. The way they think, the way they talk, and the way they act. If that's you, you ought to say that's me right now. 
Oh, yeah, that's you right there. That's that's a good thing because your life is changing for the better. When we say better is here and better is coming, you change, first of all, in your spirit, man, and then your natural man catches up. You start to receive the best that God has for you. All the promises of God in him are yes and amen according to the glory of God the Father. So as Jesus was discussing this matter with them, he discerned that they did not understand his speech, his conversation, or his words. When we are sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ with others in and out of the church, we have to rely on the Holy Spirit to assist us in discerning whether people understand our message. And we have to discern that. We have to make sure that they understand, or at least to the best of our ability, what we believe the Holy Spirit is saying to that individual who we're ministering to. Now, let's go back over to John 8.43. Why do you not understand my speech? Because you're not able to listen to my word. You're not able to listen to my word. Jesus further noted in John 8.43 that the reason they failed to understand his message because they were not able to listen to his word. They didn't have the power or the capacity or the capability or the might to understand or comprehend or to learn or to consider or perceive what he was saying. I thank God that the Holy Spirit is in our lives so we can understand and comprehend what Jesus is saying to us. And not only do I want for him to speak to me on, on Sunday, but I thank God he talks to us on Monday, on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and again on Sunday. But wouldn't it be sad if God only talked to you once a week? But we'd be in bad shape if only God. I mean, the only time God spoke to you is when you got here on Sunday morning. What about your private devotion time? What about when you pray on a, on a Tuesday morning? What about when you read your scripture, do your devotion on a Thursday afternoon? What about those other times when you ride down the road, listen to a message, even on a podcast or even through a CD, and you hear a word and God has to speak into your DNA? Thank God he knows how to speak to us more than just this one time. I thank God he knows how to speak to us more than one time. Man, could we survive if God did not constantly put influence our heart and help us throughout the week. Could you survive on your job? Could you survive with your children? Could you survive with your marriage or with your single life if God did not help you 24 hours a day and seven days a week? Man, God will help you more than we ever thought about. Some of y'all would have lost your job right now if God would have helped you along the way. Don't look at me like I don't know. Because some of us would have lost our job, told all them folks off and everything else. But God calmed you in there. He kept you in there. Oh, you almost made the mistake, but God helped you. Don't do that. You know, oh, God, I'm glad to do that because that's been a big mistake right there. You got to understand God knows what's best for us. And he's helping us not just on Sundays. Not just on Everybody say not just on Sundays. Isn't it good to know you got a 24-hour day, seven-day-a-week God? I mean, he's with us. I mean, isn't it good to know when you sleep, God is with you? When you wake up, God is with you. I mean, when you drive down the road, God is with you. When you go shopping, God is with you. He said he'll never leave you know what? Forsake you. He knows how he's going to be with us. He's definitely going to be with us. But they were not able to comprehend what he was saying to them. Because those Jews did not understand and comprehend his conversation, his spoken and revealed word. Jesus knew that their spiritual growth and development would not take place in them and their actions would not reflect the Heavenly Father. 
It's important. See, that's why it's so important that we hear and understand. It said, in all that getting, get understanding. When we hear the word of God and we apply it in our everyday life. I'm telling you, it's good to have a relationship with Jesus that helps us all every day. Now, John 8, 44. You are of your father, the devil. Ooh-wee. Now, imagine you have a conversation with somebody and they call you the devil. I mean, you know, you think you're right. You have you in the mindset that you are doing the right thing. And then he looks at you and says, you are, how's he put, of your father, the devil. See, one thing you must understand about the father back then, or a father back then, that was significant to have a, a father. In fact, you read, if you read other passages of scripture, it would talk about, uh, the Jews would say things like, we were not born of fornication. In other words, they had a father, a father that was there. They knew who their father was. Because you didn't have a father, it was almost like a shame or disgrace for that particular area. But now he's telling them, your father is the devil. Now, you got to understand something. They didn't take that too well. They were not happy that he said that your father is the devil. It was not a, a, an embracing statement that said, ooh, thank you so much, Lord, for calling me the, my father is the devil. Ooh, I appreciate that so much. Ooh, that's so wonderful. That was not their attitude, okay? It got more combative at that, after that point. But I want, let's take it a little bit further. Let's look at this text, what he says here in John eight forty four. You are of your father, the devil. Jesus made this straightforward statement in John 8 and 44. He told them they were of their father, the devil. Your father is a slanderer. He is a false accuser. He lies all the time. Those that he opposes the causes of God or the will of God. He is the devil. And one thing we got to make sure is that we do not oppose the will of God or the causes of God. We got to make sure that we are children of God. We got to make sure that we're not Christians and we're acting like the devil. We got to make sure that we are falling in line with what scripture, what's being written as well as the revealed word in our lives. We've got to make sure that we do the same as well. Because if not, we will be like the old word over in um and later, so we read on Sunday, excuse me, Wednesday night, where he talks about uh, the manifestation, either you are children of God or you are children of the devil. He was talking to Christians. And, of course, we don't want to be children of God and act like. Now, look how y'all looking. Now, I'll be honest with you. I, I, I'm a child of God. At least I believe I am. I'll be honest with you. Let, let, put, let me put mine out there on the table. Don't, don't hold, please don't hold against me. I have acted like the devil. I have. I had to repent and ask God to forgive me. And then I had to ask other people to forgive me. And likewise. So you can be a child of God and not act godly. Now look, I got about two amen right there, but I know I ain't the only one that has, has praised God on Sunday and acted ungodly on Tuesday. It happens to us. We don't practice sin, which is the key to what we talked about on Wednesday night. We don't practice sin. We don't, listen, when we mess up, 
We love God enough to say, you know what, God, I'm sorry. I messed up. I'm going to repent. Listen, I don't care who don't like me. I'm going to ask, say, ask God to forgive me because I did wrong. Because why? Children of God repent. Children of God ask God to forgive them. Children of God love their brother and their sister too. Did I miss somebody that read there? No, that's right. You got to love. You got to love everybody when you're a child of God. You got to love. Well, well, I don't know about person A or person C. No, you still got to love them. Because why? You're a child of God. But then they treat me right. He didn't put all that in there. He didn't say, well, you can love, you, you can love, love everybody unless they treat you wrong. Some of us would love nobody. Because in our mind, everybody treats us wrong. You know, some people in their mind, everybody treats us wrong. Notice I said in their mind, everybody treated wrong. But, you know, you look at it, well, well, anyway, think about that for a moment. Everybody in their minds treats them wrong. So now, he said, you of your father, the devil, a slander, a false accuser, and so forth. We have to be careful when we get to the point that we're not listening to the written and revealed word of God. In Sunday school, Bible study, Sunday morning worship, etc., it will not be long before we step out of the will of God. One thing you got to understand is that when you do not listen to the written and revealed word of God, and one thing you got to ask yourself, when you listen to the word of God in Sunday school, Bible study, Sunday morning worship, etc., you got to be in these places in order to hear. It. How can you hear it if you're not there? How can you take heed and change your life for the better if you don't show up for Sunday school, Bible study, or Sunday morning worship, or midweek service, or revivals, or wherever it is? How can you hear the word if you're not there? Well, you got to get the CD. It's not the same as when you're there with a rainbow drop. Man, you can't get this atmosphere of praise and worship like we had earlier just based on I listen to music on, on the, uh, music on C- CDs or radio. Radio, there it is. Radio, sometimes. But it ain't the same. They, I hear someone on the radio, I said, man, that praise team singer is a whole lot better than this recorded artist I'm listening to. That's my opinion. Because I can show get into it a whole lot better than when, when I hear on the, on the radio, I said, man, that praise team be blowing. I mean, whoo. Notice how they took the day? They took that song today, and I was like, I was singing it with them. I, I thought we had in the mic for a minute, but they didn't know, but that's okay though. When they were singing, I said, man, this is it right here. Boy, God's presence is in this sanctuary. But Pastor, I didn't feel anything. That's the problem. When you don't put nothing in, you don't get nothing out. You got to make sure that you're taking heed to what's being proclamated. See, it's not just, let, let me tell you something. It's not just me ministering the word. Every aspect of the service is going to make a difference in your life. The, the praise and the worship makes a difference in your life. It gets your mind ready to receive the word of God. Plus, it gives God glory. You know the saying goes, when praises go up, blessings come. There you go. I believe that. I believe. But see, I don't, when I give God glory, I don't think about the blessing. Because when you seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, all these things shall be what? Added unto you. When you seek God first, it's going to be added. I thank God that we seek him first and he adds to us. 
I love the fact we seek him first. Ride down the road, seek him first. Listen, in your home, seek him first. Listen, in the church, seek him first. Don't wait till I, I, somebody pump you up to give God glory. Give God glory where you at. Give God glory where you are at. Listen, if they don't tell you to raise your hand and you feel the Lord leading you to raise your hand, wave, give God a wave offering. Let me show you real quick. Everybody wave your hand with me. That's a wave offering to God right now. Hallelujah to God. Now, y'all do that for Jesus just for a moment. Everybody do, wave to Jesus just for a moment. Are you seeing that? Thank you, Jesus. All right, that's good right now. See, when the Holy Spirit ministers in your life, you know God's going to do something special for you. Now, in that text in John 8, 44, he says something that, that, that solidifies who their father was. You are of your father, the devil, and the desires of your father, notice how Jesus worded it, you want to do it. You want to do the desires of your father. You want to. Nobody's making you. You want to do it. See, one thing about, there's a difference between practicing sin and just wanting to do just flat out sin. See, you may want, you may, you may, you know, you get your little drink, you're like, oh, man, this ain't right. But some people say, man, I want to drink. I'm finna get drunk. I remember some people that I used to work with, they would say on Friday night, you know what, I'm finna go get me this, that right here, and I'm finna get just the word they use, toe up. And that's exactly what they would do. They wanted to do it. See, there's a, when you look at this text, they wanted to do what their father wanted. And you gotta make sure that we don't want the same things that the devil wants. How do you know what he wants? Scripture tells you. Because sometimes you don't even, if you're not careful, if you don't know Scripture, you'll be wanting the things that the devil wants and don't even know you want them. Lord, let me try that again. If you don't know what the Word says, you'll be wanting the same thing that the devil wants and don't even realize you want the same thing as the devil and you'll be desiring the things of the devil. You'll be doing them until the Holy Spirit reveals it to you. I remember a time I, I was going through and I was, listen, I thought I was doing right. Thought I was doing this, that, and the other the right way until the word came into my life and said, you know what, that was wrong. And I thought it was right. I mean, you know, you couldn't tell me it was wrong. I said, well, this, this sounds good. It's what they told me growing up. It's what my friends told me. I should have known these friends of mine don't even have where to read the Bible. I should have known something was wrong with that right there. But when, when the Holy Spirit revealed that to me, I said, okay, God, I was wrong. Came to giving. I had to learn how to give. I thought you gave God what you wanted. You know, after you paid all your bills and you may have, you know, $20 left over. All right, I give God two. I'm going to keep 18 for the week. Thought it was right. Because when I paid my bills, I thought that was what? Right. Until the Holy Spirit uh, revealed to me, said, hey, you're you messing up. You got to mess your whole family up over a few dollars. Over a few dollars. What ain't worth it? Mess your whole family up. You make a thousand dollars, a hundred dollars. hundred dollars is a whole lot of money. Is it really? I have had meal checks, me and my wife, over a hundred dollars. 
over $100. And that was not even including the tip. So you know, I don't look at $100 the same way I used to. So I had to learn that though. And you have to learn. You have to allow the Holy Spirit to teach you. Allow the Holy Spirit to examine your heart and your motives to make sure they're in the right place. Now, we all know that we, excuse me, the individual, these individuals oppose the word of God. Remember, they want to do the desires of their father, the devil. The devil is waiting to use people to slander God, his, God's gift, and God's people. Jesus wanted them to know that their desires came from the devil based on that scripture. They're, listen, they were lusting. It came from the devil. When they were longing for something that wasn't, didn't belong to them, it came from the devil. When they were craving things that didn't belong to God, it came from the devil. They was long for something forbidden, it came from the devil. See, sometimes we think we come up with some evil stuff. Let me tell you something. The devil, we read this over on Wednesday night, the devil been sinning since the beginning, y'all. You, we can't trick the devil and come up with some new sin. The devil either, either gave you the idea or he influenced you to do it. You can't come up with new stuff with the devil. You can't tell a lie the devil ain't already told before. Many, many, many times over. You can't come up with something that is forbidden according to scripture that the devil hasn't already done before. He's been lying and deceiving people since the beginning. And he would, the scripture says he would deceive the very elect if it was possible. You cannot keep up. Listen, don't try to keep up with the devil without the Holy Spirit. He will deceive you. He'll have you going down. Or, or look, Listen, it'll look like it's a nice road. But he'll be able to remove the detour sign. And the bridge is gone. And you'll find yourself, boom, on fell over. And it's something that's forbidden. Remember what the scripture said? When the blind lead the blind, everybody's going to fall into what? The ditch. That's it. You got to make sure. Listen, it's a reason he comes to steal. He come to kill and he come to destroy. We all know that when we start longing to lie, to cheat, to fornicate, to commit adultery, be envious and jealous, act rebellious, etc., those desires come from the devil. And they start to become alive in us. Now notice what it, notice that they become alive in you. The enemy it, they calls it the wiles of the devil. The devil will send a thought into your life and it can manifest into these as well as other things. When you think about cheating, the thought, it, it's a thought that comes to your head first. When you think about fornication, it, it's a thought that comes to your head first. When you think about adultery, it's a thought that comes to your head first. Jesus said, an individual, I'm paraphrasing that a little bit here, but he said the individual who, listen, has looked at a woman and lust at her basically, committed adultery with her in the heart, even though he has not done the physical act, has already committed sin in his heart. It is something in your heart. You've got to cast down imagination and everything that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. You've got to understand that the enemy wants to manifest itself in your life. He wants to do that. He wants to bring envious and jealousy. And, and again, let me emphasize this to you again. It starts with a thought. It starts with a thought. You wouldn't have did it if the thought wouldn't have came. But when the enemy sends a thought, now, I, 
Listen, when he says a thought, it don't mean you got to react on every thought that comes into your mind. Please do not react to every thought that comes into your mind. Man, you be in the middle of a store and somebody say something to you, you the thought will come, you slap her. If you ain't careful, you'll be in jail. But the thought will come. There'll be some, I'm telling you, you'll be sitting in the store and you see this nice piece of clothing or furniture or I mean whatever, and the thought is that, listen, they say you can't afford it, but I know you, if you put that in your left, in your right side, in your left, and put it behind and tie it over, you can take that out the store. Won't nobody even know it. He'll tell you that. It starts out with thoughts. With thoughts. And then thoughts turn into actions. That's why he says, cast down imagination and everything that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. You got to cast down thoughts that don't line up with scripture. And you got, it's a constant thing. I mean, this is daily. Daily. Daily you have to do this. You could be on a job and and a supervisor or coworker can say something to you and you be ready to cuss them out. But you can't do that. Somebody tell you that you can't do that. You can't do that. Because if not, you're going to lose your job. And, your, and guess what? Your bills going to still, still keep coming. Thank y'all for the four-way man's with him. Bills don't care about you losing your job. They keep on coming. They don't care about you doing this, that, and that. They keep on coming. That's why we continue to give. Give it, it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Shall men give into your bosom? I give it a change in our living. Now, let's look at some of the, the traits of the devil, according to John 8, 44. The devil was a murderer. He was a murderer. A manslayer. And this is what really caught my attention. He's a killer of dreams, ideas, and purpose. The enemy has been killing dreams, ideas, and purpose since the beginning. He started with Adam. Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve, he started with them. Went to Cain and Abel, and he's working today right now. Killing dreams, ideas, and purpose. Because, see, some people think they're going to be able to accomplish what they want to do without Jesus. If God gave you the idea, oh, yeah, you're going to have to use him to get it done. He ain't going to let you get the glory without him. And he's not going to let you do it your way, neither. It's going to have to be his way according to Scripture. And then you say, well, I'm going to do it without the church. I don't like church no way. Well, let me tell you something. This is God's church. If think you're going to do it without God's church, got another thing coming. Number two, does not stand in the truth. Truth is that which is true under any circumstances. That which is right under any circumstances. That's truth. Notice what he said in John 8, 44. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth. Why? Because there's no truth in him. Let me tell you something. When you're a professional liar, been lying since the beginning, ain't no truth in you. No truth in you. If the devil would try to take over God's throne, you know he'll try to take over your house, won't you? 
He'll try to take over your job. He'll try to take over your car too, won't he? He'll be in the car and say, turn that radio station to. You need to listen to. Sometimes you got to just, because you know where you at in life, you need to make sure you listen to certain Christian stuff. I'm just telling you up front. You know where you at. You know how your mind is too. You know how your mind is. Sometimes you just need to get the praise on and keep it moving. Keep it moving. Let God continue to work in your life. Number three, he is a liar. A false and faithless man, one who breaks faith. Interesting word for liar. One who breaks faith. A faithless man. A liar is somebody that, that says that God is not going to do what he said he's going to do. All the promises of God in him are yes and amen. God is going to do what he said he's going to do. Anybody who says is a liar. He speaks of his own resources. Resources, private or separate, anything evil and wicked go, goes with his resources. Anything evil and wicked goes with the resources. His resources. The devil got resources and they're evil. And not, oh God, let me say this to you and let, don't, please don't get mad when I say this. He even used people around you as a resource. He will use people around you as a resource. Don't let people get you fired off a job that God has provided for you. Don't let people let you lose that business contract because of people around you. Be smart. Be smart in that. Be smarter than that. And number five, he is the father of lies. When I say father of lies, he creates lies. He's the author of lies. He is the originator of lies. Again, we talked about earlier, there ain't no lies that you that the devil devil give you lies. And you're like, man, that was a good lie. I use that lie myself. De- devil came up with it. He'll, he'll use it a thousand times. He, this is what you got to understand, too, about the devil. The devil knows which lies will work in your life, too. And he knows which ones won't. So he'll give you ones that will get. See, uh, one, one man told me many years ago. He said, nobody has a good enough memory to remember a lie. And I thought that's so true. Because when you start telling lies, you don't remember what you said. I used to be a professional liar. I lied to the best of them. I lied. I lied. I was a liar. Thank God Jesus saved me. He still saved me today. Because sometimes my mind still want to lie sometimes. But I had to, okay, boo, don't lie, dog. Tell the truth. And so he's the father of lies. He has created lies. He's the author of lies. He is the originator of lies. And he's still lying today. In 2018, the enemy is still creating lies. Originate lies. Once he just remanufactured, just to give the people. And so we look at the traits of the devil and at his children, he was a murderer. He does not stand in the truth. He is a liar. He speaks out of his own resources, and he is the father of lies. Let's go back over to John eight forty five. But because I tell tell the truth, you do not believe me. Then interesting that he says that when I tell the truth, you do not believe me. You don't trust me because I tell you the truth. 
And it's sad that you have to be in that type of situation. When Jesus speaks the truth, people don't believe him sometimes. Now, what's sad is when church people don't believe Scripture when they see it with their own eyes. When they see that God is a healer, but they still have a hard time believing it. They have a hard time. It's sad when people in church hear that better is here and better is here, better is coming, a revealed word, and they say, well, that's good for everybody else, but it don't, it don't apply to me. That's sad. It's sad when people, when they see a scripture that God will give you a heart desire, but because you ain't got it yet, you don't think it's possible to happen. That's sad. I believe truly God gives every individual in this sanctuary their heart desire. I believe it. In fact, not only do I believe it, I proclaim it over your life right now. That God is giving you your heart's desire. Now, this is what you got to do. Just wait on it if you ain't got it yet. If you ain't got it yet, don't be impatient with God. Give God time to give you what he wants you to have. Because sometimes it's not the fact he can't give it to you, but it's our spirit man ready to receive it. Is our spirit man ready to receive what God has for us? God, let me tell you something. $20 million God could drop in your account just as I'm talking at 11.55 on a, on a Sunday morning. Drop it just like that. Drop it. Drop it. I mean, listen, like God ain't got $20 million. God could take the wealth of the wicked and put it into your account, and they can't even trace where it came from. You know God can do it. I mean, who do you think we serve? We don't serve no weak-minded God or God that don't know that God ain't got more than enough, a God that doesn't have power. We serve the King of kings and the Lord of lords. So it's not God's ability to get it to you. Many times it's our faith and our spirit, man, of where we're at. So I'm like, God, get me ready. I can use $20 million right about now. Get me ready, God. Get me ready. I mean, I don't mind. I don't mind what you, whatever you got to do, God, get me ready. Because I want God, what God has for me. How many want what God has for them? How many don't want to leave this earth without getting everything that God has for them? I mean, why not? Why not? Because if, if, if what God has for you is for you, if he gives it to you, why not? Why not you? Why not you? Verse 46. Which of you convicts me of sin? <laughs> Who going to convict Jesus of sin? Jesus had no sin in him. So how they, could they convict him of sin? He had no sin in him. So how could they convict him of sin? Now, when they accused him and put him on the cross, remember, they, they falsely accused him then. You know that was the devil. And God allowed it to happen. So they said, which of you convicts me of sin? And if I tell the truth, why do you not believe me? And verse 47, he who is of God here, hears God's words. So when we, uh, when we are of God, we hear God's word. And I thought about it like this. How can you obey what you don't hear? Everybody see that? How can you obey what you don't hear? But when you obey, won't God give you your heart's desire? When you, listen, if you're willing and obedient, won't he give you the good of the land? 
So I thank God that we are children of God. We belong to God. And when we belong to God, we hear God's voice. We hear his word. We hear his promises. All the promises of God in him are yes and amen. And so when we take heed to the word of God, we, we obey what he says, and we're willing and obedient. We're going to eat the good of the land. That's why I believe that we are as children of God. We belong to God and not the devil. We belong to Jesus because we want the word. We belong to God. We're not like the devil. See, the devil don't want none of this. They got mad at Jesus for telling them all this stuff. They got mad at him for telling him all of these things that he told them. But you know, when you belong to God, I tell you what, it makes all the difference in the world. Let's finish this up. Jesus reiterates in John 8, 45 through 47, children of God hears as well as desires more of the word of God. God's children are hungry and thirsty for the truth of God's word. Those that are third, Jesus says this, those that are hungry and thirsty after righteousness shall be filled. We're hungry for God because we belong to God. We belong to Jesus. When children of God choose to stop hearing God's word, Jesus makes it clear that traits of the devil are going to get begin to manifest in their lives. If we want to maintain a healthy status, belong to God, and remain a child of God, we will continue to abide in the truth of the word of God. See, when you are an individual and you stop wanting to hear God, you could be, your father could be, you could be changing sides. You could be, you know, okay, I was with God, but now I start to desire more things of the devil. There's something wrong. I need to check my status a little more. I need to pray and say, God, what's going on right here? I'm starting to like seeing more than I like godliness, holiness. I'm starting to like unforgiveness more than I like forgiving folks. I'm starting to like praise. I'm starting to uh, like praising uh, other things other than praising God. Something wrong with that. I can clap for everybody else. When I get to the house of God, I'm mouse quiet. Something wrong. I should be able to give God glory more than I give a ball game glory. I watched some of that game last night. I'm like, hmm. I can't be clapping more for somebody on television than I can my, my Savior. Are y'all seeing the difference there? Some people, boy, they, they can get loud when they want to. Thank y'all got four amens right there. Don't worry. I got you. I know who you are. I see you when I see you. They get loud when they want to. I promise, there's some people at the church will say more at the church than they did during this whole sermon. And they will be louder than they were during this whole sermon. I probably can buy amen from some folks in here. But after sermon, oh, Lord, they'll be, you hear them down the hall. Oh, they can't talk. I'm just telling you, there's a time and a place for everything. God, he deserves Everything we give him. If we slip, we must repent and ask the Holy Spirit to restore that desire and understanding of the written and revealed word in us. Thank God for repentance. Is that right? How many belong to God, not the devil? Stand to your feet. I'm done. Glory to God. Thank you so much for listening to today's message. Please subscribe to our podcast. And if you're ever in the Villarica area, you can visit us at 3193 South Van Wert Road in Villarica, Georgia, on Sunday mornings at 10 and Wednesday evenings at 7. 
You can also reach us at 770-459-6221. That's 770-459-OCC1. Follow us on Facebook at Overcomers Christian Center and visit us online at OCCVR.org. We pray that you're empowered and equipped in today's world.